0: Chapter 7 Ninanaba A New Family Naba called his Nabehok warriors together for another leadership gathering. He told Ninanabat she was to accompany them to the meeting. Ninanabat was relieved. She did not want to be alone. Nabahit aninda da. Nihilandot and Nihilinik itades e doleth yinny Young warriors have come to look after our homes and our livestock. Nabahi bitch on and Linigi alto, Namaya at the Halyan doleth yinny Their wives also have come to care for your mother. Hashke yis nabah and Ninanaba and their two sons as well as her father and brother, left for the leadership gathering that was being held at a mesa nearly a day and a half ride away from their home. The group left on horseback through rough terrain, terrain the enemy would not want to contend with. After another lengthy leadership gathering, Napa, Ninanaba, and their two sons, Nahat'ah Yishnapa and Egonapa and Ninanabat's father and her brother left to return home. They decided to take a different route home, a more difficult route that ran through canyons, and one that was shorter and safer because the enemy soldiers would find the canyons treacherous. A horse unfamiliar with the territory would be more apt to trip and break a leg, and thus the anna'i, enemy, were not found on the route they followed. As their horses began to climb the rocky hill, Hashkeh Yisna'ba's sons, who were riding ahead, heard a child crying. Hashkeh Yisna'ba motioned to the others to stay behind. He jumped off his horse without a sound, and led his horse and Nenonabot's horse to safety. He helped Nenonabot off her horse, then tied the horses loosely to a tree branch. He then began to walk quietly in the direction he heard the infant's cries coming from. Naba <laughs> had to be careful, because it was reported at the leadership gathering that some Ute warriors stole little Nabeho infants, and then, while they were still tied up in their cradle boards, the Utes would hang the infants in a tree to lure the Nabehua warriors out of hiding so the Utes could kill or capture the Nabeho warriors. Once the Nabehua warriors were captured, they were taken to the base of the Hopi Mesas near Aribi, Walpi, or Shimopovi then sent on to Fort Defiance and later were forced to walk to a place in eastern New Mexico territory, a place the soldiers call Fort Sumner. If the Nabahi warrior was killed, his scalp was given to the leader of the soldiers in exchange for American money. As Hoshkeh Yilnaba peered between the rocks, he was startled by four sets of eyes looking up at him. He drew his lance and held it above his head, ready to throw it when he saw three children and one young woman looking back at him in silent horror. He stepped back, leaned against a large rock, expecting the enemy to come out of hiding, but the young woman spoke first, Asking him in a shaking voice, Are you Navajo? Without answering, Hashkehil Naba scolded, What is your reason for being out here? The girl pulled herself out of her hiding spot while the young children refused to leave. The young woman told Hashkehil there were two little boys and a baby in their hiding place. She told Hashkeh and the others that their parents had been killed in a raid by the Utes and white soldiers, and many of their sheep had been killed, and just a few herded off as well. The children were visibly shaken. When Hashkeh determined it was a place that was safe, they asked Ninanapa to come out of hiding to coax the children out of their own hiding spot. One by one, Hashkehil Napa lifted the children out of the crevice between two rocks. Large tears welled up in the children's eyes, spilled over, and mixed with the dirt on their faces as they told of their experiences. They had been hiding in the same spot for nearly five days, living only on water caught in the mound of the rocks from the early morning rains. Ninanaba offered the children jerky and blue corn tortillas and watched as the little ones swallowed the food whole. Hashkehishnabah took the food away from them to keep them from choking on the food, saying, when we get home with you, I will butcher a sheep for you. You will drink some stew. The children choked back, silent sobs, with tears running down their faces. They leaned against the ones who had rescued them. The two young children rode with Nahat'ah Yenapa and Eko Naba while the young girl rode their pack horse. Naba carried the small infant in his arms. Ninanaba rode close to her husband and watched the way he carried the infant carefully in his arms. Ninanaba felt emotional strings pulling at her heart. She wanted to give her husband more children. He loved her and their children so much <speaking in foreign language> I will get better once I see my daughters again. <speaking in foreign language> Nananaba breathed silently, not wanting her husband to know she was thinking of herself. She said, "Shi." <speaking in foreign language> We will look for some young woman for our sons, so we may have grandchildren," she quietly said to her husband. "At the naho at "I am pleased you are planning for the future," Hushkehir Nawfah said, while smiling at his wife and admiring her strength. Na a na hat ai Dant when you got sick and when you were very sick you had no desire to plan now we will raise these children we will think of them as they were our own akonde Nihech e kent, but this nahegi e do bedi Nata But we will not forget our girls who were captured," said Hashkehil with authority. Ninanaba responded by saying, Hastin ya at you are a good man. Nijono goshah aholia do nijono You take good care of us." and you take good care of me. Every day I am thankful of you. Hachkeh Yilnapa reached out to lightly stroke his wife's soft cheek with the back of his hand, but quickly withdrew his hand. He remembered he had attended the sacred leadership gathering, so he could not have any physical contact with Ninanaba. Instead he decided to illustrate his love for her through his words and said, I am also very thankful of you and I love you, my little one. Ninanaba replied, T'dahadat Adot Anatleti Nahalingo you have never spoken to me in a harsh way. Shito a at ego na ahiensin shi I am also very thankful of you, my little one. Neinet disiko shje bthojole. When I hear your voice, my heart is happy. Aschendot latnhien ahasle ingi dopashinetta. I am not sorry that we did not have more children. I am so incredibly thankful that we have been blessed with four children. Looking down lovingly at the little infant he carried, Hashkeh Naba promised, Kati Ben Ghana hojosba Now we have been blessed with four children again Nijonako piyahu til al We will raise them well Bamun lido adoche bje an lel You will be their mother and I will be their father Tamlichit adohals lege nahlenko ayo ini lel. We will love them as if they came from us. Hashkehithnabah looked down into the eyes of the infant he was carrying and said, Greetings, my baby. The infant looked back into his eyes and big tears welled up in its eyes and with its lips curled, the infant began to wail. Nananabah was once again mesmerized by her husband as he held the infant carefully and lovingly in his arms. She gently rubbed her abdomen and softly whispered, It will be nice to have many children. My children's father really enjoys children. Ashike Shiyaj Nalinigi o I want my sons to give us many grandchildren, Ninanaba softly said. Ninanaba remembered that when their children were still young, they had spoken about having more children, but Hashke Yinaba had told her that as a war leader, His leadership responsibilities would take him away from home a lot, and he did not want his nananabot raising their children alone, so they settled on the four children they had. The group decided to wait until nightfall to continue their journey home. They agreed that in the safety of darkness, they could ride faster. The infant seemed to be losing strength. When night fell, Hashkeh Yilnaba led the group through the treacherous canyon as he held the infant securely on their ride home. All they heard was the sound of the baby whimpering and their horses' hooves beating against the ground. Ninanaba and her sons followed the sound of Hashkeh Ba's horses' hooves pounding on the ground as he rode through the canyon and into the hills. Ninanabat's father and brother followed behind for safety. Although being jolted by the ride, the baby quieted and slept most of the way. Ashkehishnabba stopped periodically to make sure the baby was still alive. He saw the outline of the hills on the horizon of the western sky as the moon cast a faint glow in the eastern sky. Soon they entered the security of their trees and sage that surrounded their homes. Hashkeh asked his sons to gather some warriors to accompany their grandfather to take the four orphans to a distant place. He wanted to take Nananaba home so she could rest. He could tell she was very tired, but she was trying to be strong. He did not want her to get sick again. Hashkeh Yilnaba watched as his sons left to call the warriors together so they could take the young girl and the children and the infant to a distant place where their grandfather would say a prayer for the four orphans. The orphans had seen much violence and death. To bring them to their home without a prayer, would bring the enemy closer, along with more violence and death. Hashkeh Yilnabba also asked to have a makeshift shelter assembled for the children. The children would stay in the makeshift shelter for several days as prayers were voiced for them. Once in the safety of their Hohan, Hashkeh Yilnabba made sure Ninanaba was safe and resting on her soft sheepskin. Her oldest son went to the sheep corral to milk a goat. Her youngest son built a fire to warm up the whole one and to make his mother some Navajo tea. Ninanabak quietly watched as her two sons boiled the goat milk, then poured it into a container to be taken to their grandfather to feed the infant and the children. Nenonabat's oldest son took a few pieces of jerky and left. Her youngest son stayed with his mother to make sure she was safe. Heshkeh sat close to Nenonabat and quietly sang a song, then thanked the creator for their safe return. Nenonabat was anxious to know whether the baby had survived. She spent the day carting wool. It was therapeutic to Hashkeh to hear her carding wool. She tried weaving, but the hours seemed to drag. She remembered the prayers that were voiced for her after she had killed the enemy who attacked her. It was done quickly. She had to maintain reverence for several days following the prayers so she knew what the orphaned children were most likely doing. The wives of the young warriors cooked and helped care for the orphans. Everyone was helping in the survival of the orphans. The women were weaving rug dresses for the young girl. Some of the men were sewing hides to create shirts for the young ones. Moccasins had to be made. Loose pants made of hide had to be sewn. Early one morning, Nenana woke to Find that Hashkeh Yilnapa had left their Hogan Hogan. Inside the Hogan, it was still dark. She heard the sound of horses' hooves outside her Hogan. Fear crept into her heart. She heard someone jump off a horse and begin walking to her Hogan Hogan. Suddenly, the thick rug was being lifted away from the door. Ninanaba got up and stood near the entrance after she grabbed the fire poker for a weapon and held it over her head. Yusnaba found Ninanabah standing near the door, holding the khoneshkish, the fire poker, above her head, ready to strike the person who entered. Hashkehishnabah cleared his throat and said, Shisht, it's me. Don't knock me out with that stick. He asked Nenonabat to stir the fire to bring light. With a faint glow illuminating the Hogan, Hoshkeh Yisnaba reached inside a softly woven blanket and brought their orphaned baby out for Nenonabat to see. Nenonabat had many questions, and Hashkeh answered them as well as he could with the limited information he had. They walked to Ninanabat's sister-in-law's Hogan to ask her to feed the little one since she had an infant. She was breastfeeding. An agreement was made that she would keep the little one until it became stronger. They watched as the baby held its mouth open to allow breast milk to drip into its little mouth. Swallowing was painful for the little one, and it cried. Hashkeh went home to rest before the sun fully rose in the sky, while Linanabat decided to stay and help with their little one. Before the day was over, the infant weakly began to feed, open its eyes, and cry. While Nananabat was holding the baby close, after it had taken in some milk, she found her rug dress was wet. It was not until she unwrapped the infant that she found the little one was a girl. Nananabat smiled. Heavy, sad tears flowed from her eyes as she held the little one close and sang to it and cried. For the time being... Her family named the little one Ba, Ba-na-al-tso-e, the warrior woman who has to be fed. Because of weakness, she could not feed herself. Ninanaba did not like the name because the name Ba-na-il-tso-e, was the name they gave the orphaned newborn lambs and kid goats. Nevertheless, she went along with the family they had to observe the little one before they named her, so for now Nananaba remained quiet. Nananaba was even more surprised when the rest of the children were brought to her home. The children had survived. The women immediately began to cook for them. After feeding them, they bathed them in herbs and washed their hair with yucca root and finished the clothing they were making for them. Hashkeh gently reminded Ninanaba that the children they were taking in would not take the place of their daughters. He vowed to keep looking for their daughters. Ninanaba told him she hoped someone had taken in her daughters just as they had taken in these children. His wishes were the same. They both cried as they talked about their daughters. In later conversations, they found the children were of the hashishni clan. Although not related to either Ninanaba or Hashkehisnapa, there was a strong sense of responsibility on their part because Hashkehisnapa was the one who found the children. As time passed, he vowed to protect the orphaned children who had come into their home. He knew Ninanaba had enough love for all of them, and he felt comforted that she would once again have a little girl to raise. The oldest girl demonstrated signs of maturity, just the way Ninanaba would have wanted her daughters to be. The family named her Tsek Is Nasba, the woman warrior who fought in the crevices of the rocks. It was a good name. The young girl had to fight for the lives of her siblings as well as her own, and yet she kept them all safe by remaining in the crevices of the rocks, leaving only at night to look for water and roots to eat with the passage of time. The children became adjusted to their new home. Nananaba began to notice her oldest son, Nata. The warrior who fights around plans and the young woman, Tsek Iznazba, begin glancing in each other's direction more often. One night, when Ninanaba and Hashke Yitnaba were alone in their hogan, Ninanaba mentioned her observations to her husband. He had noticed their closeness as well and agreed to speak to their son about it. In the meantime Tekiznasba was placed in Nanabats brother's home to stay one day as they were gathering wood for fuel the subject was brought up between Hushke Yitnapa and his oldest son the young man admitted he was attracted to Tekiznasba they discussed her clan affiliation and agreed it was not going to cause a problem them, but because of the unusual circumstances under which the young woman came into their home, Hashkeh Yilnabba felt it was necessary to speak to Ninanabat's parents first and get their approval before any other action was taken. The young man was satisfied with his father's response. The elders agreed to allow Hashkeh Yilnapa and Nenonapa to arrange a marriage between the two young people. Nenonapa's father's advice was, It should be done for them soon. The young woman should stay in our daughter-in-law's home until the time has come. A Hogan needs to be made for her. my grandson, your son will build the Hogan. a. When that is completed, then they will be married. Ninanabat told Sek Isnazba of the elders' plans, and that she had to reside at Naabas, maternal uncle's home, at least until the wedding that was being arranged for them had taken place. Nananabot searched the face of the young woman, but could not tell whether or not she was happy about the arrangement. The young woman seemed worried. Nananabot wondered if they had made the right decision. After a few days of worrying, Nananabat decided to confront the young woman. Tekisnasbat told Nananabat she was afraid for her siblings, who would care for them. Nananabat reassured the young woman several times that her siblings would be well cared for, after which the young woman seemed satisfied with the elders' plans for her. Nata and his younger brother and his cousins were gone all day long on several occasions searching and cutting down tall cedar trees to use to build the Hogan. At night, Nananaba warmed up their supper and listened to their account of the day's happenings. One such evening, their sons told their father of meeting some young be men who claimed to have seen many of the enemy in and around Sayit Canyon de Shey, there were not just a few but many on horseback, many were seen on top of the canyon and others inside the canyon. They were told the enemy soldiers made loud noises with large guns. Hake as a war leader was very much aware of the movements of these men, for they were being watched daily by Nabeho, warriors who reported to the leaders. At the time of the report, Hashkeh Yilnapa and his father-in-law had agreed to stay where they were because of Nenonabot's mother's help. The late fall weather remained warm, Nenonabot's oldest son was married to Tseqiz Nazba, and they were settled in their new Hogan, which had been built in the early fall. Hashkeh and his father-in-law remained active in the leadership gatherings. Nenonabot wanted to weave. Weaving had been therapy for her after her daughters were kidnapped. She carted the wool but would not spin the soft wool. Holding a spindle was too painful for Nananabahat. She was warned not to use a spindle any more. It was difficult for her to ask other women to spin the wool for her. One day, Yilna Ba stayed in the Hohan with Nananabahat after the baby was fed and had fallen asleep. Nananabahat settled on her sheepskin to card more wool when she heard the sound of a spindle whirring behind her. Nenanabat turned toward the sound and found her husband spinning wool. She began to laugh because she was not used to seeing her husband sitting on the ground in a position that Nabehu warriors are warned never to use. A Nabehu warrior was to remain in a crouched position ready to jump up in an instant. Sheepishly, her husband smiled at her and continued to spin the wool. Nananabat smiled at her husband and continued to card the wool piled in front of her. Her love for her husband reflected on her face as she quietly carded the wool. All of a sudden, they heard footsteps coming closer to the entrance of their Hogan. Ninanabat's eye caught Hasheknapa pushing the spindle off of his lap, causing the spindle to fly into the corner, with the coarsely spun wool becoming tangled in the small pile of wood that was in the centre of the whole one Hogan. It was their oldest son who knocked on the side of the entrance looking for his father. Ninanaba began to laugh at her husband's awkwardness. Hashkeh Yilnaba reached inside his wife's rug dress and began tickling her. They both laughed as they invited their son to come in. Nahatah Yilnaba looked at his parents with a confused look in his face. He was not used to seeing his father in his mother's holan during the day except to eat. The two men began to exit the whole one, Hogan when Hashkeh Ba looked back to give his wife a flirty look. Ninanabat tucked the memory away in her heart. She sighed as she breathed, I love you. Sek Ba proved to be an expert at spinning and weaving, so she took on the chore of spinning the wool. Nananabat needed for her weaving. It needed to be done quickly because the days were becoming shorter, which meant less light was being cast into the Hogan. Nananabat found her daughter-in-law to be very helpful, just like her own daughters would have been if they were with her still, she thought. With the enemy coming closer, Hashkek Yisnaba felt it was time to gather his young warriors to meet with the war leaders. A messenger was sent to gather the young men. Hashekhnaba asked Ninanaba and the women to prepare corn tortillas and jerky for their leadership gatherings which could take place over several days. Soon many young to middle-aged and older warriors gathered at the home of Hashkeh Yisnapa. Ninanabat missed her husband. He had to remain with the war leaders. Ninanabat turned to the little ones who had come into their home to provide her with a distraction and to renew her strength. Hashkeh Yisnapa and her father were meeting with other war leaders nearby. Nevertheless, at all times, one of her sons and other young men, hired to protect their settlement, were the only men left to care for the home. Ninanabah felt safe. She knew Hashkeh was only a short ride away by horseback.